0: it's so good to be with you for another fireside chat as pastor Emily shared last week what we are hoping to do through this sermon series is to comfort and to encourage the church through the truth of Scripture we are drawing all of the readings for this time including the passage that Paul just read from the Gospel of John and each week we are addressing a different topic related to this strange and difficult time of pandemic that we are all living through. Today, I'm going to speak with you about social distancing, a new reality that has shaped all of our lives over the past six weeks. Now, the story that we just heard is pretty much the opposite of social distancing. Social distancing is all about keeping space between yourself and others, but this story is about close friends and family who were packed around a dinner table. Spending time with this text in preparation for today, I felt nostalgic, I even felt jealous. I wanna be a character in this scene. I want to feel the warmth and laughter. It's good to see loved ones on Zoom and FaceTime to see their faces, and to hear their voices. I've been doing a lot of that, and I know many of you have been too. But the thing is, I want to lean in and to hang on your every word. Social distancing is a big change that none of us want, and so we feel a sense of loss. It's not a loss so great as the loss of life that many are enduring right now. Still, with social distancing, we are losing something. Actually, many things, and all of us are affected, even if we don't end up getting sick. Read under these circumstances, this Bible story about a house party is bittersweet for us individually and for us as a church. If you think about it, the scene that's described is a lot like Church. Here is a group of friends gathered with Jesus in Jesus' honor. One friend, Martha, is serving. That makes me think about those of you who have cooked church dinners on a Wednesday night or those who might typically stand at the sanctuary doors to greet worshipers on a Sunday morning. Another friend, Lazarus, is happy just to be a table. With Jesus. He makes me think about those of you in life groups, in Sunday school classes, or in Bible studies. As a church, we are used to having these regular opportunities for learning and fellowship. And then there's Mary, the one who anoints Jesus' feet, who extravagantly cares for him. Mary makes me think about our deacons and our caring ministers. She's really all of us at our best when we pour out our lives for God and for one another. When the church is doing its ministry, the glory of God can fill even ordinary rooms like this one, like a rich and lovely fragrance in the air. Honestly, social distancing feels like a threat to all of that, to our sense of ourselves, to our ministry to our fellowship, to our discipleship, and to our worship. We may even find ourselves questioning in this time, the whole Christian enterprise. What does church mean to us? Will the practice of our faith ever be the same? And what if it can't be? In the story, Judas is the one who takes a step back and begins to question. Judas is struggling with what is going on around him and he's having an even deeper struggle inside of himself. He is still a disciple at this point, but in his heart, Judas is planning to betray his teacher, Jesus. He speaks up for the sake of the vulnerable The money Mary spent on perfume could have been gone or could have gone to the poor. But behind Judas's righteous indignation, we know that his heart is cold. According to John's gospel, Judas only wanted more money for himself. Judas is often painted as the Bible's biggest bad guy. And if you're anything like me, because of that, you might actively resist relating to him. He's not a model of faith. So what's the point? But you know, the more I spend time with Judas in this moment of his life, the more I find myself sympathizing with him. He's a bundle of contradictions. He's a mess. He's only human. It's only human to look out for number one when things start getting scary. It's only human to criticize others when you are really annoyed with yourself. It's only human to talk the talk without walking the walk or to try to keep up appearances when inside you're falling apart. Judas looks and sounds like he's following Jesus, but in the secrecy of his heart, he is plotting a course in the opposite direction. And I actually think that that is relatable especially in this time of social distance. Let's be honest, being together in the regular routines of our faith keeps us moving toward Christ, or so we hope. But now we are all like Judas, standing alone on the outside of the party, disconnected from the church as we have always known it. And so we too are subject to the same human temptations that Judas faced. We are subject to selfishness, to criticism, to complacency, to hypocrisy. And no one will know. No one knows how many rolls of toilet paper you have in your cabinet. No one knows the choice words that you have for this politician or that protester. No one knows how much you donated to that charity you shouted out on Instagram. No one knows whether you are worshiping right now or whether you're watching Tiger King. In a sense, this is always true. Some part of our faith is always only between us and God. We all struggle privately to live up to the ideals that we express in public, like Judas did. But you know, this time of quarantine amplifies the struggle. It's a great time to become a disciple in name only. But friends, if in this time we want to be truer, truer to Jesus, there is a way. Indeed, there is more than one way. Because if inside of each one of us there is someone like Judas, there is also someone like Martha, someone like Lazarus, and yes, someone like Mary. And while you and I have been talking, I think they may have taken everything outside. Martha is out there. She's out there serving. She ties a bandana around her face and braves the H-E-B so that she can buy diapers and soap for Manas de Cristo. Martha sews a dozen masks for her local hospital to use as backup. Martha mows her neighbor's lawn. She leaves groceries on her friend's doorstep. Martha, the humble doer, she is undeterred by social distancing. She responds with creativity and industriousness, and so can we. And then there's Lazarus. He's still the host with the most. He's the one setting up the virtual happy hour and making sure everyone is invited, even the ones who never show up. Lazarus asks how you are, and he listens without interrupting, like he really wants to know. He calls back again tomorrow, even though there's nothing new to say. Lazarus, open-hearted and full of life, is undeterred by social distancing. He responds with attention and generosity, and so can we. Mary is out there, too. She is going with the flow of grace, just like she always does. Mary has this wild love, to borrow a phrase from the scholar Matt Skinner, a wild love. Mary is clapping out her window as hospital workers change shifts, maybe even howling like a dog or beating on a pot with a wooden spoon. Mary is paying for the services she isn't even receiving as if she were sending a little something to the hairstylist, to the handyman, to the piano teacher. Mary is planting flowers. Mary is cuddling the dog. Mary is singing all the hymns and praise songs, exuberant and unembarrassed. She doesn't care that we're six weeks in. She doesn't care if the kids are embarrassed. She doesn't care if she's alone and no one can hear her but God. In the eyes of some, Mary will always seem a bit silly and over the top, but she is undeterred. She is unleashed. Mary responds to social distancing with wild, overflowing love, and so can we. Friends, as you go into your week, I encourage you to acknowledge your inner Judas. But then, why don't you ask him to go on and put himself on mute? You have things to do. You have a disciple to be in the style of Mary, Lazarus, and Martha. And of course, in your own special and particular way too. I want you to think about Mary's prized pound of perfume. Can't you just see it? It's this precious thing encased in a beautiful alabaster jar. It's compact and highly concentrated. It's small enough to hold, but it smells to high heaven. It's powerful. It belongs to Mary, and it is hers to use or to hold back. The love that God has poured into our hearts is much the same. It's small, but it's big at the same time. It's yours, and it's mine, but it's not ours to keep. The trick is to let it out. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the vision you offer us of a beloved community where people serve, learn, worship, and befriend one another. Help us to know, even as we are apart, that we are not alone. You are our constant companion. Help us to rest in the knowledge that our communion with you is not threatened by time, by circumstance, or by any failure of ours. Guide us into a closer walk with you and show us by the power of your spirit what pound of perfume may be ours to pour out this week. Show us what act of love, big or small, or both at once, is ours to do for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whose precious name we pray. Amen.